Hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is Jerry Serino and I am the host of Fides Podcast. Who am I? I'm just a guy interested in speaking the truth. What does Fides mean? I'm sure that that's what you were thinking. Fides is Latin for faith, belief, and truth. In this crazy world we live in, I wanted to bring some more truth-telling and education to those willing to listen. I want to discuss and debate those that have different beliefs so that we can understand each other and all of you can hear two perspectives. But there is only one truth, only one fides, and that is what you will find. Enjoy. Okay, so welcome to Fides Podcast. Again, my name is Jerry Serino. Uh, please feel free to reach out to me at on my email at uh, jerry at fidespodcast.com. Uh, this episode of Fides Podcast today is about the life and ultimately the untimely and unfortunate death of Terry Schiavo. Uh, many of us remember this story vividly and followed it closely, uh, but some people today may not actually know or remember uh, this very heart-wrenching story. Uh, in 1999, at the age of 26, Terry Schiavo suddenly collapsed and was left with a profound brain injury. Terry suffered a mysterious cardiorespiratory arrest for which no cause has ever been determined. She was placed on a ventilator and was soon able to breathe on her own and maintain vital function. She remained in a severely compromised neurological state and was provided a feeding tube for um, nourishment and hydration. But after 15 years and many court battles, Terry was ultimately taken off the feeding tube and ultimately died on March 31st, 2005. Uh, Terry, Terry Schindler Schiavo died of marked dehydration following more than 13 days without nutrition or hydration under the court order uh, or the order of Circuit Court Judge George W. Greer. Terry was 41. Terry's family fought courageously, along with many others, uh, in order to save her life. I'm very privileged today to have uh, Terry's brother, Bobby Schindler, on my podcast to remind us of this battle and for, again, many of you to hear this story for the first time. Bobby, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Jerry. So I, I gave a, a you know a, an overview of the case. Uh, um, you know, I kind of gave the very beginning and I gave the very end. But but all of you know the really meat of and heart of the story is everything that went on in between. Um, it, would you mind taking just a few minutes and kind of giving the audience again a reminder, or for those hearing this for the first time, um, you know, all that went on in between uh, between the very beginning and the very end. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a lot. We have, <laughs> we have a few hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you, you summed it up pretty pretty, pretty well. Um, it, it really was, uh, as you said, my sister collapsed uh, back when she was 26 years old in 1990. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm still unaware of what caused the collapse, but she went several oxygen, several minutes without oxygen, and that resulted in a uh, pretty severe brain injury. And um, from that point on, she was dependent on others uh, for her care because she was unable uh, unable to care for herself due to her brain injury. Uh, for the first couple of years subsequent to her collapse, and, and again, I, I don't want to get into all the details of the mm -hmm. minutiae of, of the case. Um, uh, you can really do, all you would need to do is put Terry's name in a Google search and you can yep. find uh, a, a lot of details on on 
her situation. But essentially, our family was willing. I have a younger sister, Suzanne. Terry is my older sister. I was in the middle. Okay. And my two parents, we were uh, more than happy to care for Terry in the condition that she was in. The first two years after her collapse, we were working with Michael Shiva, who was Terry's husband, to get Terry the best care possible, uh, rehabilitation therapy. And, uh, and she was starting to improve. Michael was appointed her guardian, her legal guardian. So he had full, really full full power, if you will, over okay. any of her medical decisions that were, were to be made. So uh, as I said, we were working together, getting Terry rehabilitation therapy, and she was improving. Uh, the only thing uh, that was keeping, that was sustaining her was uh, food and water through a feeding tube. She had difficulty swallowing because of her brain injury, mm-hmm. and therefore they needed a feeding tube in order to uh, to get her, her uh, food, food and water, food and hydration. They're, they're sure. com- very common. Uh, yes, by it is. The way. But nevertheless, after a couple of years, uh, Michael uh, met another woman, and essentially uh, uh, was uh, his his loyalty sh- uh, shifted, and uh, they were no longer what seemed to our family uh, be so much with Terry and and um, and trying to look out for her best interest, but rather uh, he was really starting to move on with his life. And our family understood this, and and we told Michael we'd be more than happy to. Uh, to take care of Terry the way she is, just kind of relinquish your guardianship over to us. Unfortunately, there was a significant amount of money involved. There was a medical trust worth close to a million dollars at the time, and Michael being the guardian would have uh, inherited inherited that money upon Terry's death. So mm-hmm. instead of giving Terry guardianship back to my family, he pursued her death. Uh, and really from 1993 or thereabouts, uh, Michael... Uh, uh, instead of giving Terry back to her family who wanted to care for her, care for her, mm-hmm. uh, did everything he could to end her life. And, and there was a lot of, lot of action in the courts yeah. uh, from 1993 up until uh, really 2005 um, when, uh, when really all the courts and all the appeals were exhausted. But, but between 1993 and 2005, it was basically a battle uh, between Michael uh, and our family trying to uh, to get Terry the best care possible against Michael, who was trying to end her life, and right. it was just quite a roller coaster ride, uh, uh, Jerry. And, and and there was a lot of just a uh, it's just a protracted legal battle and sure. just a roller coaster of emotions. And during this time, the, the 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 case started really snowballing from somewhere around 2000 2001 up until 2005 when Terry actually died. It was starting to gain more and more publicity until it became this hugely international case mm-hmm. where it, it, it got to the point where uh, the governor of Florida was involved, the legislatures yep. of Florida were involved, then it, it moved on to Congress in the United States. President Bush, who was the president at the time, was, yep. was also involved. Uh, the Vatican was involved uh, in Rome. Pope John Paul was involved and in, in not counting the millions of people that were really trying to support Terry's right to life and, and helping our family try to get Terry the care that we were trying to give to her to, yep. to provide for her. So, I mean, hopefully that, that adds some, it, some, some, uh, or more background to kind of what was going on. Yeah, no, it, it, it does. I think that was a very, uh, concise and, and, and really covered everything. Um, I, uh, I think it was actually, there was, strangely, while there was a lot of controversy that I remember, I paid cl- very close attention to it. I actually, a lot of the information and dialogue on the issue I actually got from the Rush Limbaugh show. He covered it very, very closely um, and obviously was on the very, you know, the pro-life side of things. Um, one of the, 
I think the biggest frustrations that I remember feeling and something you talked about when I heard you speak a few years ago was the false information from the media and how that frustrated you and your family and how it also um, it, it, it created public opinion based upon false or misinformation. Can you maybe, you know, share a little bit of that? Right. And, and it still continues today because uh, yeah. my sister is, uh, we, we see her that she's, she's really brought up quite a bit in, in the re, in media reporting today when, mm-hmm. whenever we're talking about these types of issues. But yeah, our family, you know, we were just an ordinary family and we had no idea really what we're up against, not only with the media, Jerry, but also with the people that were, uh, that were trying to enter life. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm talking about the people that Michael, his attorney, and then uh, the other people that started to join were, were working with his attorney and others that were trying to enter life. And, mm-hmm. and yes, that included in large part the mainstream media who were uh, re- really, um, you could tell the bias as, as the case kind of progressed and it yeah. was getting, uh, it was growing uh, in, 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 in publicity. You could see that the, uh, the media was clearly taking the side of Michael uh, and, and reporting in a way that, as you said, and it wasn't only what they were reporting, some of the inaccuracies that they were reporting, it was, it was what they were omitting as well. Stuff, right. You know, things of, of, of really important uh, facts of the case that they were, in, and, and my sister's condition, that they were just omitting, yeah. uh, co- you know, conflicts. Uh, you know, Michael Schiavo had enormous conflicts of interest in, in the case, and yep. they were just leaving so much uh, that the, the public wasn't really... Uh, getting the information they needed, and, uh, and and they did a great job, I must say. You know, the power of the media to, yeah. to really persuade the majority of the public to uh, to believe that the best thing for my sister would be to enter life. And it was mm-hmm. really quite sad. Yeah, it was. I, uh, I I mean, as a matter of fact, as much as I was closely listening and paying attention, I did not know that there was money involved until you just told me. So that's something that I. I definitely don't think that the general public was aware of, and hey, that that has um, that has an impact on on what an opinion would be, right? If you knew there was money involved like this, it took me a long time. I did know this, but it took me digging years ago to know that he had moved on and had two other children. I believe, right? Is that correct? During the case, that's right. Yeah, and, yeah. and they and Michael and his attorney did his best to vilify, try to vilify my family. And my, my, particularly my father, his motives, and uh, uh, and it really it's, it was interesting because they tried to make this about, you know, what terrible parents my my, what terrible parents, we had because be, for the simple fact of wanting to care for Terry in this condition, mm-hmm. uh, and it was just uh, it, it it got, by no intention of ours, but it it really it, it got to be really hostile, and uh, you know again our only intention from the beginning was to bring Terry. We loved her. Uh, unconditionally, uh, she had a brain injury, uh, mm-hmm. but we didn't. You know, that's that's no reason, no no reason to justify ending her life because right. she had difficulty swallowing because of that brain injury. But we learned along the way that uh, this we we were we were kind of late to the game. Quite honestly, we we had learned along the way, and and why we're doing what we're doing now. That that what happened to Terry was happening long before her case, and mm-hmm. and was happening. You know, it's happening today, and in fact, it's it's getting much worse. How we're treating people with disabilities and really the the medically vulnerable. Yeah. So um, I, I actually want to talk about that because I've had a, f- a few people. I've had a couple people on 
uh, my podcast talking about euthanasia. Um, and one I just released today is a doctor in Canada who, who just finished a book, uh, wrote a book about um, his experience in, in protecting life. But, but I want to, you know, to give people some of this, some of the background, a further background. When a lot of people, when polls were being taken at this time and saying, what do you think should, should occur? And they would, the media would come out and say, and I remember it saying, you know, the vast majority of people, 70%, 80% think, you know, we should end her life. But they would always say the impression was that she was uh, on life support, right? That essentially she was just, you know, her heart, she was being kept alive by machines. Um, do me a favor if you, if you mind, don't mind, you know, describing her condition and what she was and wasn't able to do. Obviously she needed a feeding tube. Um, but what else was she able to do and not do? Right. And I, and I read some of those polls back when they were, and it was just amazing. You, know, you can word a poll and get the result that you want right. based on the wording. And we saw that in my sister's case, but nevertheless, yeah, t- Terry was, uh, they, they, they frame this and they still do as an end of life uh, type of situation. And, and really that's not accurate because it wasn't, an, it wasn't an end of life situation. Terry was not dying. She was not terminal. She had a brain injury mm-hmm. and uh, she could have lived a normal lifespan uh, if she was provided the food and water uh, that she needed. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, it was difficult for her because she had difficulty swallowing. But nevertheless, she was not on a ventilator. She was not dying. She was not in a coma. She was not in a persistent vegetative state. She was not brain dead. She had a severe brain injury and needed others to help her. Uh, she was transportable. We could she was uh, we could have taken her anywhere. Uh, all she needed was a wheelchair, and we we did before this this case uh, started. Where when we were working with Michael, we would oftentimes take her to, to the mall to to movies with us. Uh, so this notion that mm-hmm. she was uh, confined to a bed and on machines and, and needed all types of, uh, however you want to describe it, to keep her alive simply just wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry was not dying. She had a brain injury and she needed food and water through a feeding tube to live. And that was basically it. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you go back and you read some of the media reporting it's in, in the way they would word her condition, it was very confusing. And, uh, again, that, that, that became problematic, uh, well, with public opinion, which mm-hmm. we didn't really care about, but it, right. but it was a, a case that was in the public, and uh, uh, we knew Terry's condition. We knew what was what was on it. You know, we we knew what was accurate, and and we had many many doctors that believed she could have improved with uh, certain types of therapy and rehabilitation that were available at the time, but weren't were not being provided to Terry because Michael would not allow it. Mm-hmm. Not that that mattered. We didn't we didn't. Our family didn't care if Terry didn't improve from her current condition, but uh, but nevertheless, uh, right. uh, there were available uh, technology and, and therapies available that doctors believe she could have improved if given that chance. So, yeah, it, it was just it was just a, a, a nasty fight, uh, yeah. uh, Jerry. And uh, and again, the only intention our family had from the beginning was just to uh, uh, give Terry the care she needed and love her and bring her home and, and take care of her until she died naturally. Now, now, did the mainstream media ever reach out to your family for the, the facts? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they would interview us. I mean, that that wasn't. Uh, they they were very uh, they were very eager to to speak with us. But again, mm-hmm. it was, it's it's what what was the uh, <laughs> what was reported? What, yeah, what was reported the, when they would write the story? Uh, it's funny. I I remember this one time. Not funny, haha. But I was right. in. Uh, at a, at a speaking event, I think it was in Kansas, and uh, someone came up to me, uh, one of the reporters, and said, can I talk to you about your sister's case? And Terry had already died. 
And, uh, and he asked me something, and I forget exactly what it was. He said, well, Bobby, would you, and this is a question I used to get all the time, our family would get, would you want to live in that condition? And my answer was, well, nobody would choose to live with a disability if given the choice, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's, nobody would willingly want to be disabled if, if, if that was the choice. But there are people that are disabled, and some people, for whatever reasons, do become disabled. Well, the next day, in the article, and I, I, it might have even been a headline. It said something like, uh, uh, "Bobby Sh uh, Terry brother Terry Shiloh's brother would not want to live with a disability," and <laughs> and that was, <laughs> yeah, that was it. You know, he left out the part about if right. given the choice or, you know, the anyway, whole context of yeah, it. Yeah, the, yeah, the uh, the context, and, and there, you, you know, we're not. I think people know how the media works, and I'm not telling anybody. Perhaps stuff that they don't already know. Yeah, I think that they definitely know, and I think it's something. And on a lot of the topics that I've covered on my podcast is is the media always seems to come up is is behaving this way, and and it just always bothered me why they couldn't just tell the truth and then let people decide. And even though what people thought didn't matter, right? It didn't matter. But certainly the politicians that got involved. Um, maybe would have done things differently if they felt public opinion was more on on one side versus the other, right? That's oh, what I sure. Right? I, I agree. I think when it became when it became as political as it did, I, I agree with you. I think that did influence the, the way they might have, uh, uh, whatever it was that they were trying to do for my sister, pass a mm -hmm. bill or, yeah. or, or even in the courts. But, uh, but yeah, but I, I just I also want to go back because you asked me. It's 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 really important to kind of silo uh, Terry's situation from real end of life right. uh, cases, and mm -hmm. and every case really is, is that they're all kind of specific to the person. Um, you know, you would handle someone that does have terminal cancer and perhaps is is in the dying, uh, is actively dying and could be just minutes, whatever, or a short time before they're they're passing mm -hmm. on. Uh, you know, you would handle that situation much sure. differently, sure. and ethically, you would handle it much differently from someone who is not dying right. and was only receiving food and hydration. That that of my sister's case. So, you, you have to be really careful when yeah. you, you can't just lump all these types of you know so-called end-of-life situation mm -hmm. un, under one kind of. Uh, you can't just determine what's best. Uh, you know. Given a situation, you, you have to know yeah, the, the specifics and, yeah. and know what's what, what you're dealing with before you make any type of of uh, you know treatment decision. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree with you. There are there are, of course, and everyone listening has probably had a family member in which you know life support or or something was um, uh, disconnected or something of that yeah. nature based upon the situation, and that is perfectly legitimate. Um, and even uh, you know. The church, or for instance, I'm Catholic. Even the you know the Catholic Church has has uh, opinions on that and and justifies uh, certain measures, of course, based upon. But it but it is interesting to know, and I guarantee it. Back at that time, you know, when you say Terry was not brain dead, she was not terminal. You, you know, people actually thought she was both. Um, oh, and, and yeah, that was sad. all the time. Yeah, I right, actually, and then, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, well, you brought up your the, the, yeah, the Catholic the, the teachings of the church. They uh, they view food and hydration through a feeding tomb as ordinary care, um, mm -hmm. and and unfortunately, it's been reclassified. The medical the medical community now looks at uh, food and water now reflect through a feeding tomb now reflects medical treatment, which is quite different from ordinary mm -hmm. and basic care. And because of that, 
depending what state you live in, it, it can make it rather easy to either deny it or withdraw it from a patient. In fact, it's, fifth, it's legal in all 50 states now uh, to, de not, to deny or withdraw food hydration through a feeding tube to a person if that's the choice that's being made. So it's mm -hmm. really important that you understand these, yeah. these terms. And, um, uh, and although, the, uh, although the church does not look at food hydration through a feeding tube as anything other than ordinary and basic care, yeah. That's not how we look. That's not how the medical community uh, you know, views uh, uh, those situations. Now, a ventilator too. I mean, we look at that as extraordinary care, but even that could be something that a person needs as a bridge. Jerry, you right, might right. need a ventilator for a short period of time in order to recover. So even even ventilators can be considered, uh, for whatever reason, ordinary care and to to help someone get through perhaps a difficult situation that they're dealing with medically. Yeah, that's a good point about ventilators because that's what we're talking about now with COVID-19, right? There right. are people that have been, I mean, we've had to develop, you know, manufacture them at large numbers in order to meet the demand for them. And, but yeah, that, that's a really good point. But all that you just said is something I didn't quite know either. Uh, I think that that's very good to know. So, so with, through this experience as, as traumatic and difficult as it was for your family and, and, and thank you for sharing it with with everybody i know it's difficult um you do have a, an organization that you're um, responsible for called the terry shivo life and hope network um, tell us about that very briefly and then how um and people can find it on on the internet and and get involved if if they can or need be sure and, and thank you it, it, we yeah we formed this nonprofit in response to terry's death and, and basically want to serve as patient advocates help families with the resources that we have to use those to use those resources, if in the event a family is in a crisis and experiencing something similar to what my family experienced. So, mm -hmm. if if a, if a family is in crisis, say they, there's a threat of having the loved one having their treatment denied or with, withdrawn, and, and they're still uh, you know, they're up against uh, um, perhaps a, a, a hospital or, or physicians, and, uh, and they need help uh, mm -hmm. in getting treatment for the loved one. They can call us. We have a crisis. Uh, 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 a number, an 800 uh, toll-free number that they can call us 24-7, and we can try to, again, provide them the help, you know, whatever the situation might be. So we've been doing that for 15 years, and uh, right. uh, we've been helping families uh, on a regular basis, and we get all types of cases. And I tell you, I tell you, Jerry, there's nothing that surprises me any, anymore. It's, there's some, we've dealt with some just uh, shocking cases you would never believe that, mm -hmm. you know, what, what doctors and hospitals try to do these days. There's a lot of wonderful Obviously, there's a lot of wonderful doctors and medical people we deal with all the time, sure. and, and even facilities. But it seems to me more and more, more and more uh, physicians and and uh, hospitals are are really doing what's in the best interest of the hospital, rather what's in the best interest of the patient. And that's yeah. what that's what can make it really scary. But you can go to lifeandhope.com, lifeandhope.com, and, and and kind of look and see, you know, the work that we're doing. And the, and if there is a case where you need help, you can contact us at the at the uh, the number that's provided on the website. Great, yeah, I, and as you said, all you have to do is is put in uh, Terry Shivo's name into Google or whatever search engine, and it's T E R R I, and S C H I A V O. If you wanted to find out, uh, and actually, there's a lot of good information on the exact timeline of everything happening. Obviously, we didn't get into every single detail of the court uh, cases and all that good stuff, but uh, and all the people involved, including George W. Bush, Jeb Bush. 
um, in, in the courts and the like. So if you just search that or certainly go to lifeandhope.com, and um, as you said, there's some services available to those that might need it. So, uh, Bobby, thank you so much uh, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I wish you and your family all the best, and um, uh, God bless you. Thank you, Jerry. Anytime. I appreciate you having me today. Okay. Thank you.